Kei aku nui, kei aku rahi, rarau mai ki te hui. Ko mihi ngā rangi tēnei, e mihi atu nei ki a koutou katoa. Welcome to the hui, Māori current affairs for all New Zealanders. E tarua ke nei. A mother of five missing since 2018. She was a good mum, loved her children. How long has it been? It's been three years. Leonie Emery's whānau are desperate for answers to her disappearance. What's that like living with no answers? Hard. The police don't really help. No one really helps. Hard knowing these people that know something and they won't say anything to us. What's your response to her claims that she hasn't been well looked after by police? It's obviously something we do take incredibly seriously and we want her to be assured that we are committed to finding out what's happened to Leone. The Hui looks into the disappearance of the missing mum. She needs to be put to rest. Tahu te mai. In 2018, Leonie Emery disappeared without a trace. Three years on, her whānau are desperate for answers and don't believe enough has been done to solve her case. Tonight we speak to a whānau grieving the loss of a daughter they can't lay to rest and we speak to police about Leonie's case. You may never have heard of her. She's never led the news and there's been no police press conferences. But it's been three years since Leonie Emery disappeared. And her whānau are desperate for answers. Tell me what it's like not knowing what's happened to your daughter. Sad, really. Hmm. I'm gonna cry. It's all right. For the Emery whānau, the search for Leonie has never ended. Her disappearance haunts her mum. What do you think? Marlena? I think she's dead. Leone was a mother of five children and a much-loved daughter and big sister. The past few years have been particularly harrowing for Leone's mother Marlena and her younger sister Anna. What was she like growing up? Smart, helpful, cheeky ears. She had a lot of friends. How's it been for Mum? I know it's been hard on her and hard on my siblings too, yeah. All Marlena has now are memories, including Leonie's final ever visit with her boyfriend. When did you last see Leonie? 2018? 2018, January 2nd. Tell me about that day, tell me about the last time you saw her. Because she turned up at our house that day they were going to Hamilton to see some friends. I think it was for drugs. She told me that also that um, they could have a job in Mount Monganui because he was working for a towing company. Just like she was happy that she could have got that job. She was looking forward to it. She was looking forward to it. Before she vanished, Leonie Emery's life wasn't without challenges. The death of her infant daughter in 2009 had hit her hard. The spiral of grief and despair that followed led Leonie to a prison sentence. I don't think she ever got over losing her firstborn, Jasmine. Just started hitting the alcohol, drugs. 
but Marlena insists Leonie would never have just up and left her five tamariki. She was a good mum, loved her children. How long's it been? It's been three years. Thinking maybe she's been kept captive or, or gone bush, but I've never known her not to keep in touch with her children. We now know that while Leonie Emery's final ever Facebook post was on January the 3rd, 2018, she was still alive at the end of that month. The police told the hui Leonie was dropped off in Papakura by her tow truck driver boyfriend in early January. She then went on to Huntley, north of Hamilton, and then moved on to Ngārua Wahia. But then the trail goes cold. By the end of January, Leonie Emery was gone. Like she thought she went to work at Mount Monganui, like she said. But she wasn't texting. She wasn't on Messenger. She wasn't posting anything on Facebook anymore. I did a post in June 2000. And... 18, if anyone had seen her, but nothing came back. They had seen her there at that address we went to, eh? Yeah. Given Leone's recent history, Marlena thought there was a reasonable explanation for the lack of contact. So I presume she went to prison. I let it go for a whole year, thinking that. So during that year, she tried to track Leone down in jail contacting corrections to find where she might be. What was their response? They said there was nothing they could do because of the Confidentiality Act. I still had to wait until she contacted me and given me permission for me to actually be contacting her. Those crucial months meant police were not told of Leonie's disappearance until a year after her final Facebook post. Tell me how you feel about the police response to your family. Hopeless. Do you feel like that's, they've taken you seriously? No, they still think she's missing. When we first met Leonie's whanau, they hadn't heard from police for a year. When we last seen her. But Leonie's younger sister, Anna, is convinced someone out there must know something about her disappearance. What's that like, living with no answers? Hard, the police don't really help. No one really helps. Hard knowing these people that know something and they won't say anything to us, to anyone. They just hide it. How can they live knowing that? How do you live with it? Just take it day by day. And as the days, months and years go by, Marlena and Anna have taken it upon themselves to do their own research driving to multiple towns across the North Island, looking for Leonie. I went down there, searched everywhere. I even had a photo, took it into the um, local alcohol shops because I knew she'd always... Drunk. Yep, yep, going by alcohol and, um, no, took it into the full square there, no, no one's seen it. And they obsessively trawl her social media, hunting for clues that might help find her. If you look at this, she was living in Kingsley. They've spent hundreds of hours trying to track down people on Facebook, 
chasing up leads, but only finding dead ends. Remember when you said that that guy said that she picked up his car? So you already say that you feel like she's passed on. But what is your gut instinct about what's happened to her? I have a fair idea. I have a fair idea what's happened. Somebody knows something, but they just can't say anything, I suppose, because they may be under threat or... which normally happens. Would you like that person to just quietly tell you where she is so she can come home? Yes, I would. If she's dead, then let me know where she is. She needs to be put to rest. For my sake and her kids' sake. I'm sorry. It's all right. <laughs> After the break, three years with no answers and seemingly little progress, police front up to talk about Leonie's disappearance. What's your response to her claims that she hasn't been well looked after by police? It's obviously something we do take incredibly seriously and we want her to be assured that we are committed to finding out what's happened to the only. Before the break, we met the family of missing woman Leonie Emery, who vanished in 2018. Her disappearance wasn't reported until a year after uh, she was last seen, which has made it challenging for police to pick up the trail. When we first met Leonie's mum, Marlena, in June, she hadn't heard from police for a year. Our cameras followed her as she met with the detective in charge of the case. Marlena Emery is a sick woman. She has debilitating emphysema and wants to live long enough to find out what's happened to her daughter. Leonie Emery went missing in January 2018 and her whanau fear the worst. Today, Marlena is anxiously waiting to meet with the police for an update on what's happened to Leonie. How are you feeling about nervous, today? Nervous, um, yeah, quite nervous, really nervous. We'll see what they have to say. Marlena doesn't believe the police have done enough to find her daughter. She says that besides a post on the police's missing persons page and a reference on Police 107, there have been no press conferences, no fresh appeals for information and little communication. It's led to a breakdown in her relationship with police. I guess they'll be feeling a little bit anxious as well because yeah, yeah. this relationship hasn't been perfect. You know, what are you hoping to get from it? I'm not really sure. I know I ain't going to get closure. I know that for sure, but... Yeah. Some information, perhaps? Yeah, mm. yeah. Marlena met with the police for an hour. After her briefing, we sat down with the detective in charge of the case, Rob Hunkin. When we spoke with Marlena, uh, Leonie's mum earlier, she expressed that the relationship between her and police hadn't been great in the last year and a half. You've met with her now, so, um, you know, how was that? Uh, it was constructive. It was, it was good, to, good to meet up with her and talk her through um, some of the progress we'd made and um, also address some of the challenges we'd had in communicating with her. Police had described Leonie as being transient, 
a term Marlena believes is inaccurate and stigmatising. Do you acknowledge that that's a term that might not bring in lots of support for somebody or interest in somebody who's gone missing? Yeah, I, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it, it's not a label for a person. Uh, that's not how we were using it. Basically, she just was a free spirit and moved where she wanted to go, when she wanted to go. So we would never label her as anything around that. Um, but she did not stay in places long at that period of her life. She did have but, a roof over her head, though. She wasn't, like, sleeping on the streets or anything. No, no, because she was moving from um, addresses and associates and family members, and, and which happens to people during periods of their lives. What's your response to, you know, her... or her claims that, you know, she hasn't been well looked after by police? We'd always like to have as open and constant contact that we can with families of um, victims or complainants for matters. But the reality is those communications sometimes fall down for whatever reason. It's obviously something we do take incredibly seriously and we want her to be assured that we are committed to finding out what's happened to Leone um, as much as she is. We appreciate that for her and any family this is the worst case scenario that you could have was just missing a loved one and trying to find the answers. But for a variety of reasons, we can't always communicate everything we know um, to maintain the integrity and progress of the investigation. But what police have been able to tell Marlena today is that Leone was alive for several weeks after her last social media post on January the 3rd, 2018. So we have managed to track her movements from the Huntley area and on the 12th of January 2018 to her moving to Narawahia and she remained there for a period until a last confirmed sighting on the 26th of January 2018. Police confirmed that her ex-boyfriend did drop her off in Papakura in early January. So she's dropped off in Papakura and then she's made her way to yes. Narawahia? Yes, that's the reconstruction at the moment. Alone? Uh, she, we, well, that's one of the questions we'd like to answer is, so she has managed to travel from the Huntley area to Narawahia, and one of the questions I'd like to answer is how she got there, what was her method of travel. At this stage, police don't believe drugs are a factor in her disappearance. There is information that she was a user of drugs, but um, it's not a, it's not a thrust of our investigation at the moment. So you're asking the public or anyone from that area to come forward if they know anything around those states? Yes, that's the appeal that we'd like to make at the moment, is to actually find out how she travelled from the Huntley area to Narawahia. Who was she staying with? Where was she staying? What was she up to? People she was interacting with? And then, obviously, the possibility that she's left Narawahia post 26th of January. So if there is anyone out there that in 2018 was around Ngāruawahi or Huntley during that January, what are you asking them to think about? We would ask them to see if they recognise Leone um, and if they interact with her or knew anything about that to actually come forward and speak to us. It was OK, yeah. For Marlena, today's meeting has brought her some relief. She now knows the police have not given up on trying to find Leone. So now we've got a new location and some later dates. What do you want to tell the public, anyone who's out there who might have seen her or talked to her or seen her in trouble or anything like that? Uh, if they did, if they could get in touch with the police or 
get in touch with me. It would be great if they do, yeah. Yeah. Because every information helps. Yeah. Yeah. After this meeting today, do you feel like the detective heard you? When he explained everything, I just felt that they're actually doing something. You know, there's things that you can't be told and things that can't be, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you guys are going to keep in touch now? Yeah, yeah. Exchange phone numbers, yeah. Emails, going to keep in touch. Marlena is now in a race against failing health to find out what happened to her daughter. Leonie Emery may not be well known, but to her whānau, she's everything. You'd like to know, eh, before you get too sick? Yeah, I would like to know. It's taken a real toll on you. It has. Out of every day thinking and wondering where she is. She needs to be put to rest. We contacted Corrections about Marlena's efforts to find Leone. In a statement they told the hui, Marlena emailed us on 12 February 2019. She had heard her daughter Leone may have been in prison and wanted us to pass on contact details so that Leone could get in touch with her. We wrote back to her on the same day to let her know that Leone was not in prison. On February 15, 2019, Marlena wrote to us again, asking us to let her know whether Leone had been in prison at all, and if so, where she went afterwards. That day we responded that in accordance with our obligations under the Official Information Act and the Privacy Act, we were unable to provide any personal information relating to Leone without her written consent. We passed the emails from Marlena onto community correction staff to raise with Leone if they met her. We made multiple attempts to locate her, including through visiting known addresses she had lived at and contact with Work and Income New Zealand Police and Immigration New Zealand. In this case, we would encourage Leone or anyone with information about Leone's whereabouts to contact her family or the police. And please say anyone with information about Leone can report this by calling 105 and quoting the file number 190222. Uh, 9022 or by contacting Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 555 111. We'll put those details on our Facebook page. After the break, we talk politics with former MP Jenny Marcroft and Wellington City Councillor Tamitha Paul. Time to talk politics now with our Wahini Thorangapu, former New Zealand First MP Jenny Marcroft, and Wellington City Councillor Tamitha Paul Tenakurua. So, first, the latest poll, the UMR poll. Uh, Labour has taken another hit down to 43, but would still hold the majority with the Greens. Is this to be expected in the second term? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, um, we had the, the COVID election, you know, the red wave came through, and now settling into the first year almost um, heading towards the, the end of the first year of, of the Labour government. So there's certainly been um, some issues that um, the, the opposition have had 
um, the opportunity to really t stick it to the government, which they have done. Um, and so we're seeing a bit of a, a, a reflection of that in the polls, I think. Yeah, and, and to that point, uh, National has had a bit of a bump in the polls, um, but it's the ACT Party that's really trending up. They're on 13% now. What do you think's behind that, you know, some of the issues that they've had an opportunity to have a go at the government over? Um, I think there have been ample opportunities to have a legitimate go at the government. Um, for example, their lacklustre response to climate change and um, and housing and all the other ways that they're not being ambitious enough at the moment, but um, instead they're choosing to take real cheap shots um, and being racist and really blowing those dog whistles, which is really frustrating because it means that there's, there isn't a really effective opposition that's actually holding them to account for their inaction. So, yeah, and I guess, I guess the issue with that is that it has real ramifications for the people that they're talking about so we saw this week that Wahine Māori are um, you know on the on the end of that um, and being subject to white supremacist threats and, and violence and that's the reality of these conversations when you um, try to debate people's human rights. Mm, even politicians, Wahine politicians, we've heard Debingare Wapaka, you know you would have experienced something like that when, on certain issues in Parliament? Oh, absolutely, and, and I think women generally um, are exposed and do cop quite a lot of flack online. Um, we've seen a lot of that. Um, Golrees from the Green Party, she certainly has been one of the targets um, over the last four years while she's been in Parliament. Um, but, yeah, this, this is sort of escalating um, at the moment, and I think it's a bit of the race-baiting that is, we've seen, um, particularly from the National Party, I think, is uh, there is a sentiment that that's really stirring things up. But when we look at the poll, um, New Zealand first on 4.4 on the UMR poll. Um, You're back. You're making a hot back. <laughs> well, you know, um, with Winston, you never count him out. And basically, this could be the political phoenix um, coming back for the three-peat in 2023. Um, but it's certainly um, sooner than one would expect, because normally, um, inside a political cycle, New Zealand first will dip through the middle of the cycle uh, in terms of the polls and then slowly rise as you, as you come towards a general election but mm. but the rise is there and I think because uh, into the first year of the Labour government because I think people are actually seeing that New Zealand First was a very effective stable coalition partner and maybe um, there is a sentiment that they're missing Winston from that uh, political discourse at the moment um, and he's probably just done his first press release over the weekend um, and so it's the first time he's shown his um, head above the political parapet. One of the issues which was a sticking point in that coalition was climate change and some of those issues and you know that was one of the kaupapa that you said that, that the opposition could have had a go at the government mm. over. We had that report uh, just days ago now and it led the news you know that we have to act now mm. we're in a, a, a human um, emergency. Yeah. Why, but, but then, you know, the next day it's gone. Yeah. Um, what is that about? Yeah. Even just listening to all of the talk about the political parties, I, you know, when I look at, at um, other rangatahi around me, like, we're not... I, I don't think any of us care who does it. We just want climate action now, serious action, because it's actually not good enough from any of the parties, and no-one is actually putting forward anything trans transformational to fundamentally change the way that we get around the jobs that we have on offer, um, the food that we put on the table and the way that um, we have energy. Like, even the fact that there are massive power outages, we're, we're not even at the worst of climate change at the moment and we're already seeing the impacts of how it will affect our everyday, li our everyday lives. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone cares who it is that delivers it. It needs to be done now. When you have uh, headlines like Code Red for Humanity and it's, uh, it's now or never, 
why is why does it take so why is it so slow in politics? Uh, well, well, the political process is slow, um, and let's not forget in the last parliamentary term, um, the zero carbon bill was passed through uh, in, into law, and that was a big step for the for the government to do that. The only person that opposed that was the ACT Party. Mm. So that went through unanimously, um, except for David Seymour said he, he didn't vote for it. So um, there, there was unity across the House, uh, about, apart from David Seymour. But, um, you know, New Zealand is doing, I believe, and, and when you go down to an individual level, we're doing quite great things and there's lots of technologies that are coming on board um, and people, I mean we've had a conversation earlier um, before the show about what's your next car going to be mm. so so the conversations are starting to happen and yes it is going to take but time our young to, people, yeah. but our young people say Pol it's not yeah. enough if, they poli don't care if politics about the cars, is too slow then we need to get onto the sh out onto the street and throw everyone in that house out of there you have enough money to solve the problem you have enough money to provide alternative infrastructure and to give people the choices to make in their everyday lives Everything that we are experiences is a, the result of a choice that people are making in that house. And if that system is too slow, like we know it is, to enact the change that we need now, you know, before the end of the decade, then every single one of them should be thrown out and we need to radically change the system. Because we don't have time to wait for bureaucracy to catch up with, you know, the massive destruction that we've caused to the environment and that our people are living in you know, the fact that our people are living in poverty. If it can't respond, throw it out, you know? It's not trying to make it fit within the system that's caused us all the problems in the first place. So you'll be running for politics next? No, I'll be <laughs> on the streets telling them to do a better job. And, and you know, let's throw them all out if, it's not gonna, if that's not going to happen. Oh, but, um, big news today with uh, Afghanistan, Afghanistan and our government committing to bring uh, not just our people home, but those who have assisted uh, New Zealand troops, whatever, home with them. But should we, um, you know, push the door, you know, open for refugees and people who can't live there? I think what we need to do um, is not just bring back those people uh, and, and evacuate the people that ha assisted the New Zealand Defence Force when we were there, uh, but also their families. And let's not forget the women, which are going to be um, at, the, at the really pointy end of, of what's going to happen. They are the ones that we really must ensure, as a global community, that we protect them. Um, they are the most vulnerable in this situation, the, the women and their children. And we're going to have a humanitarian crisis on our hands, and very, very quickly. So action absolutely must be taken. I believe we should should bring in some extra refugees. I think we need to stretch our quota and do play our part on, the, on, on this global event. Before we leave, um, good result on the Hurricanes decision this week? Oh, yeah. From um, your capital? Yeah, um, I think so. I, I think um, it is a good outcome and I think... Um, you know, shout out to TJ for his for his mana in this whole conversation. But I think it's just sad because a lot of people are really sticking their heads up and exposing themselves as racist now, and that's what they'll be known for for the rest of their lives. And I just think about their kids, and I'm like, is this really the legacy that you want to be leaving? But at the same time, you know, Māori Māori, we have got massive issues in front of us with climate change and with COVID-19, and we can't stop to throw stones at every single dog that barks. You know, we have to stay focused on the issues that matter and stop giving gratification to red-faced racists. Tēnā kōrua. Ka pai. Ko hikina te hui e huama no horumaira.
The hui is made with support from New Zealand On Air.